Rowan, in ancient Greece, throwing an apple at someone was a declaration of what? Love. Love is a correct answer. Jeremy, Rick Riordan's best-selling kids' books featuring Percy Jackson's adventures with what fat, fantastic group? The Olympians? The Olympians is a correct answer. Ian, brackets are best described as square-cornered versions of what other punctuation marks? I don't know if you're looking for the simpler, which is parentheses, or the more complex, which is curly braces. Parentheses is the correct answer. Jeff, there are two eight-point letters in Scrabble. Name one of them. X. X is correct. J is the other. Rowan, which body of water is shared between Switzerland and France? Uh, Lake Geneva. Lake Geneva is a correct answer. Jeremy, what company used the tagline imported from Detroit? Imported from Detroit? Uh, GM. I'm sorry, the answer is Chrysler. Oh, well, forget to have me a car. Ian, according to ancient Roman religion, who was the god of the sea? Uh, Roman would be Neptune. Neptune is a correct answer. Jeff, what national ad- advocacy group uses the trademark slogan, We Are Their Voice? I don't know. Uh, I'm sorry, that's the AFL-CIO. Rowan, since 1951, what company has sponsored the popular Hall of Fame series of TV movies? Hallmark. Hallmark is a correct answer. Jeremy, the classic game of Monopoly comes with bills in what denomination that is no longer in circulation in the U.S.? Uh, Well, there's no longer a $500 bill in the U.S., so let's go with that. $500 is the correct answer. Ian... The actor who played Captain James T. Kirk on TV's Star Trek also played what TV cop? Uh, T.J. Hooker. T.J. Hooker is a correct answer. Jeff, which train wreck comedian worked for a time as a pedicab driver in Santa Barbara, California? I know everybody else's, but I'm going to have to pass again. I'm sorry. The answer is Amy Schumer. Rowan, what was old Mother Hubbard searching for in the cupboard? A bone for her dog. A bone is correct. Jeremy, by definition, gestational diabetes can only occur to what group of people? Uh, babies in utero? Pregnant women is what we were looking for, so I'll give credit on that one. Ian, in texting, what does I-M-H-O mean? In my humble opinion. In my humble or honest opinion is correct. Jeff, in 1973, the Oldsmobile Tornado became the first car to include which groundbreaking safety feature? Seatbelt. I'm sorry, it was airbags. Rowan, what is the artistic term for the radiant light or halo that surrounds sacred or mythological figures in classical art? Nimbus. Nimbus is a correct answer. Jeremy, Jeremy, in what 90s movie does Winona Ryder fail an impromptu pop quiz about the definition of irony? Reality Bites? Reality Bites is a correct answer. Ian, far lighter than lead, what electron-rich metal does Chevrolet use for the batteries in its Volt car? Uh, lithium? Lithium is a correct answer. And Jeff, what urban clothing brand was co-founded by Damon John? You're hitting my wheelhouse with fashion. I'm going to pass again. Sorry. I'm sorry. The answer was FUBU. And at the end of the hot seat tonight, it is Rowan with 500 points, Jeremy with 400, Ian with 500, and Jeff with 100. Welcome to Frenemy Trivia.
first was the hot seat round. Each player received five questions worth 100 points each. Next, teams will be randomized with their hot seat scores combined and 1,000 points added to each team. Teams will receive up to four sets of three questions. Each team will answer the same questions and wager 100, 200, or 300 points on their confidence. They will gain or lose their wager based on whether they get it right or not. They will also bet those same values on how difficult they think it will be for their opponents. If their opponent gets it correct, they lose their wager. But if their opponent gets it wrong, they will win their bet. After four sets of questions or when a team runs out of points, the first round will end with the team with fewer points being eliminated. At this point, the friends become the enemies. The remaining team will divide whatever points they have left and play again against each other with the same rules. In this round, locking in an answer will trigger a 30 second timer for the other player to register their answer. After four sets of questions or when a player runs out of points, we will crown this week's Frenemy Champion. Now, let's start the show. Welcome to Frenemy Trivia, where friends quickly become enemies. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back for season two. I know it's been a little while. It's been, well, it's been almost four months at this point. Uh, but we are kicking off season two today with four great contestants. And before we get started, let's crown the season with my first beer of the year. It is Wild Leap alpha abstraction double ipa and this one is out of lagrange georgia so we'll go ahead and open that and with that i am proud to introduce my co-host for the night my my best frenemies partner in crime that's right Brittany is out today uh she may miss the first episode or two just because of, of an illness but filling in for her is aaron mayers the dwight to my gym my frenemy for the evening aaron how you doing and what you drinking i'm doing fantastic i did send you an idea i know you're gonna go dwight and jim because that just makes sense for me i am the nerdier of the two of us clearly but i did send a recommendation in the background and i wanted you to call me the manservant hecubus to your mc simon milligan I really wanted that to happen, but it didn't. I'm doing fantastic otherwise. Uh, what am I drinking tonight? I am going very basic. And I am going from Angry Orchard. That's what the can says. This is the Crisp Imperial Apple Cider. Very nice. Why is it Imperial? It's 8%. <laughs> so Imperial means it's stronger. Imperial means they put a little crown on it before they ship it out. Let's see how we get on this one here, folks. Very nice. And I will outdo you by one. I realize this is a visual me. This is not a visual medium, but still. Ears to you, Brittany. Well, I am glad that you were able to fill in for her. But what do you say we meet our players tonight? First off in Chicago, Illinois, Rowan Ward. First time we get a chance to meet Rowan. How you doing? What you drinking? And who would you consider to be your frenemy? All right. I am doing okay. I mean, it's Friday, so 
given what I do, which is to say I write about horse racing, it's definitely during my work week, but it's not going to stop me from drinking a few brews and playing a little quiz. No, no, it's not. And speaking of a few brews, I picked up a Revolution Brewing Variety Pack today because Revolution is, you know, it's a nice Chicago brewery, one of my favorites. And three of the beer, three of the kinds of beer in it I'd had before, but there's this one here called the Subs Hero Cold India Pale Ale that I haven't had. I love that it's called Cold India Pale Ale. Like this can is cold, but it could probably be sitting outside during the summer and the can would still stay cold and it would be a big old liar. But it's not a big old liar. Let's see how it sounds. And let's see how it tastes. There is a signature crispness to everything Revolution does, and this beer has it. Yeah, that that sounds delicious. I'd love to get my hands on some of that. Uh, we are glad to have you here, but we are equally as glad to have from nearby in Chicago, I never Illinois. Got to say who my oh, frenemy yeah. was. Yeah, you kind of just stopped. Well, no, I didn't just stop. I was enjoying my sip of beer. <laughs> Rowan, who's your frenemy? Well, I guess at this point, my friend of me is myself because, you know, sometimes my brain does good things like come up with answers. And sometimes my brain does bad things like get distracted by this tasty, delicious beer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are two right answers to the uh, friend of me question. And one is me as the host and who wrote these questions. And the other is yourself your own worst frenemy uh i'm Please glad you chose tell one of them me why. <laughs> uh, not a sponsor could be next up in uh or nearby in chicago illinois a first-time panelist here it is jeremy conman jeremy how you doing what you drinking and who would you consider to be your frenemy uh, i'm doing great other than i'm stuck in chicago i uh, recently relocated back from georgia which is always on my mind, and I like better than Chicago because uh, I hate the winter. Uh, as for what I'm drinking, uh, these days uh, I got my new Stanley uh, cooler here, and uh, it's just filled with some tasty water, uh, but with some essential amino complete uh, and tangy orange flavor at that. So, you know, getting my electrolytes and nutrients. Uh, that and sounds like performance-enhancing drugs. I mean, possibly. They're what plants crave. That's That's, you know. Uh, as for a frenemy, I, you know, I I, uh, I I try to I try to not have those. At one point in time, I could honestly tell you it was the H bomb uh, trivia legend Harvey Silikovitz, Uh But I think we've become just friends now, so we're not frenemies. So I like to have more friends than I do frenemies. If you wanna if you wanna make me your enemy, you can. But otherwise, you are welcome to play with me or against me. Well, we'll see whether or not I become your frenemy by the end of the episode. Heading out to Moncton, Vermont, making a return appearance, Ian Schultz. Ian, how you doing? What you drinking? And who would you consider your friend of me? Hey, Tim. Um, I'm doing well. Um, I uh, I am drinking what I find found out I don't really care for. It's a it's a bourbon that I tried uh, this past week, and I'm actually just kind of trying to get through it with some dr pepper um so it kind of kills the taste a little bit i'm not going to say it on air because i don't want to disparage a perfectly good bourbon for you know whoever cares for it but uh yeah i am uh 
trying to kill this bottle. So we'll see how that goes tonight. And here's a little pop. Not sure how that fully came through, but I hope but that, that might be well. one of the best bottle pops we've had on the show. Or Excellent. on the network. No, no offense to Jay Borsum, but that might be one of the best bottle pops we've had. That was deep and glassy and satisfying. Nice, nice. And who would you consider your frenemy? So I know it's I know it's cliche, but I'm going to say myself, and here's why. Please tell me why. I shot myself in the foot this week because I deleted a website that I maintain, and it was gone. Uh, fortunately, we had backups. So that took a little time to get back in place. But uh, yeah, so this week, I'm my own worst enemy. It, it's always the ones we do to ourselves that hurt the most, isn't it? True, Our final true. guest, uh, we have an all-Northern crew tonight. Me being in North Carolina, I'm the most Southern of all of us. Uh, coming from Hastings, Minnesota, Jeff Clear makes his debut. Jeff, how you doing? What you drinking? And who would you consider your frenemy? Well, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Um, I'm drinking from our local brewery here in Hastings, Spiral Brewery, a uh, stout called Hard Left. And I'll hold it close and try to pop here. And for people driving home, I'll pour it in the glass so they have to pull over quickly. And <laughs> But... Uh, I normally don't do their stout. It's plenty delicious, but I'm not a big stout guy, but it's uh, kind of stout weather here. Although for uh, Minnesota in January, it's been relatively mild. Um, uh, I, I rate, as I'm an elementary school teacher, so I rate my winters on the indoor recess index. So it's been a mild, just three so far this winter. So uh, that's great. Um as far as who my frenemy is, you know, I thought about, you know, doing the, the brain or myself. Uh, I brainstormed some other things. Uh, Jay's WTF quizzes, uh, George Lucas, the state of Minnesota. But those are all kind of uh, love-hate relationships. So a, a true frenemy, I'm going to have to go with my, my dog, Minnie, here. Uh, so, obviously, lover. Uh she's probably way too smart for me. Um, uh, so uh, she's a great dog. She's a, uh, I mean, everybody's, I, I see uh, Rowan's uh, fallen in love already. Um, but <laughs> for She's so cute. Yeah, she's a miniature Australian shepherd. And anybody who's been around an Australian shepherd knows how smart they are and, and energetic. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, she just, She's very routine-oriented, and with my ADHD, I am not. So uh, that kind of causes some love, love, hate. So, so she's my she's my friend of me here. So hopefully she'll uh, she'll uh, let me get through this uh, podcast here. So, oh, you have the softest and floofiest friend of me. <laughs> yep. Oh, maybe the cats will show up later. Oh, there's one of them right now. So. Well, we have met our panelists, our, our competitors. We have met my co-hosts. We've met me. Let's go ahead and meet our teams. Our first team, starting with 2,000 points, is going to be our team of Rowan and Ian. And what team name have you chosen for yourselves? 
I've seen a horse. <laughs> of course. Team I've seen a horse going to start with 2000 and taking them on starting with 1500. Jeff and Jeremy, what is your team name going to be? We are the Womp Rats. The Womp Rats against I've seen a horse. So we are going to dive in with our standard game here. Our categories for section one are coconuts have water in them, which is a movies question. Are your crumpets saggy, which is a music question. And it's okay in a three way, which is a geography question. So go ahead and send Aaron the first wagers of the season. Tim, both teams are locked in with their wagers. Okay, so our first question is in the category of coconuts have water in them, which is a movie's question. The actor who lent his face to over 200,000 characters with a million more on the way, and the actor who needed his right-hand man combined to provide the speaking and singing voices respectively for the father of what 2016 titular character? We are locked in. All right, the Womp Rats are locked in. I've seen a horse. You've got about one minute or so to talk this out. Okay, yeah. So just trying to make sense of the clues in the question, the 200 million or 200,000 characters. It's interesting. You say the only numbers I think that might be that high would be minions. That certainly crossed my mind as well, but I don't know who necessarily gave their fate. I, I wish I, I wish I knew because that's actually a really good idea. The only animated movie with songs i can think of from about that time is coco i don't remember if that was 16 or 17 but i'm sorry i don't watch movies and this has got me stumped <laughs> yeah and i i watch a fair amount of movies but not really all that and not really animated movies all that often um yeah but yeah i can't think of what would have 200,000 characters. Yeah. I am going to need an answer. Want to just say Coco and step away? Yeah. I think that's as good as we're going to get. All right. We are locked in with Coco. I've seen a horse locks in with Coco. Womp Rats, what did you come up with? Well, um, I was kind of lost on the whole actor Lena's face to 200,000 characters. Uh, the right-hand man thing didn't really do anything for me, but father of a 2016 titular character and two people combined to provide these speaking and singing voices to me that screams out obviously animated film and likely disney in 2016 led me to, to moana which yep. i know that uh i think it's christopher jackson from hamilton was in and then jeff was like the right hand man works with hamilton and i don't know who was the who was the, I guess, the speaking voice of Moana's father? Because I know The Rock played Maui the God and not her father. But we locked in with Moana. Okay. Womp Rats, what did you wager for yourselves and your opponents here? Uh, we did uh, 300 for us and 200 for them. And I've seen a horse. 100 for us and 100 for them. Okay. Well, one team is getting uh, this one correct. So the right-hand man reference is a reference to Hamilton, specifically the man who needed his right-hand man was George Washington, played by Christopher Jackson. The 200,000 characters with a million more on the way is actually, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed that the Womp Rats didn't pick up on the Star Wars reference, uh, 
it is a ref- a quote from Attack of the Clones. Tamara Morrison, who played Django Fett and modern day Boba Fett, provided the speaking voice for the father of Moana. We I I think I typed in our chat what something with clones, or I might have deleted that once we got farther in, so we didn't my mind went that way, but I didn't we and, didn't and, per- and to be pursue. fair, the prequels kind of sucked. Yeah. So, you know, I don't I don't feel too bad about that. And I love how uh, I don't know how much Rowan contributed to what you were going to wager, but um, I, I I I I feel like we know each other well enough that this is going to be a very interesting match with the wagering. <laughs> oh, the one hundred was absolutely. I know Jeremy's really good at movie stuff. One hundred, <laughs> and, and uh, I'll yeah, I'll tell you after we get done with the round, like, I was, like what what I said about you as well. I was like, yeah. but but yeah, I I really just love the fact that Django Fett slash Boba Fett and George Washington combined to bring Moana's father to life, and that's just kind of a fun story right there. Um. But we are moving to our second question in the category of Are Your Crumpets Saggy? A music question. The Air Raid Vehicle and Urban Assault Vehicle are two versions of what rock song? The music video was filmed atop the World Trade Centers almost exactly one year before the attacks on 9-11. We are locked in. I've seen a horse is locked in. Womp Rats, feel free to talk this out. Okay, um, so we were just talking about um, uh, that this is like a obviously a 2000 rock song, because that's in the question, but uh, I was like, uh-oh, damn, this might be, <laughs> so, so it's funny, before, not to talk about the question, but I said, oh, Rowan's not very good at pop music, like, I was thinking back to Andy Saunders' podcast and your Katy Perry, I think it was a Katy Perry debacle, and I was like, oh, you know, and then I was like, damn, this could actually be the area of music where Rowan is very strong because we gave you 300 on this, by the way. Um, but uh, I'm trying to think like 2000 rock and roll. I'm thinking like Limp Biscuit Creed. Uh, the only Limp Biscuit song I can name is Roland, I think. Uh, and Creed, you got arms wide open and you got uh, what's the other one that I'm blanking on right now? Um, Earlier, Jeff said, yeah, if it's 1995 or earlier, I'm good at music. And I'm like, okay, great. Hopefully we can. Uh... <laughs> it was a crapshoot. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> uh, um, although I said that when uh, when I was in another podcast and then the music questions were like 1850 and that was a little no. before. So. <laughs> right. uh, well, what do you what do you think? And like, I mean, besides Limp Bizkit and Creed, are there other bands we should be considering? I think that's too early for like Maroon 5 or Coldplay. It's too late for like anything from like Dave Matthews or uh, I, I don't, I mean, like I'm trying to think of like what rock bands were like big in 2000. Yeah. Um, so I was uh, Lincoln uh, Park, I guess maybe green day. Um, yeah. So I was, um, so apparently rock from this area I era, I just learned was, is called like uh, uh divorced dad rock. Um, oh, okay. And it's, like all the bands with you know numbers 
you know, oh, like 182. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that um, sort of stuff. Down. Yeah. Um, yeah Blink-182 is a possibility. But, um, again, that's where I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I can't name titles things, of songs. Uh, I mean, so it's it's Vehicle. So Roland from Limp Biscuit. that seems like, I mean, Roland, right? You're rolling in a vehicle. I yeah. Mean, I don't know. And, um, you know, in, you know, I don't, I don't a lot know. of action movies, when they're jumping in, they go, let's roll, right? So, or something, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, like, you know, Urban Assault Vehicle, that was the Winnebago from Stripes, uh, uh, which I don't know if a band from that era would, would yeah, you never know. I mean, reference. I don't know. But, I mean, are there other, can you think of any other rock songs from that era that are about a vehicle, you know? Not... Um, no, nothing I would be able to come up with. So, I mean, rolling right. right time period makes sense. I have no idea if there were two versions of that right. song. Uh, we're 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 putting uh, we're putting all our marbles on rolling from Limp Biscuit. Let's go, uh, Limp Biscuit. Well, specifically, we were asking for what song, Rolling. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. you're locking in with Roland. Uh, I've seen a horse. What did you lock in with? This was all Rowan. Yeah. I mean, Deforce Dad Butt Rock is my jam to end all jam. <laughs> it is most of what I like. You know, I, I am neither a dad nor ever married, but, you know, I am a 41 year old white dude, which means I listen to a lot of butt rock and new metal and. Yeah. So you you said you you said I can only name one Limp Biscuit song and it's Rollin' and all I can think of is no, you're not just going to name the first song that you think of. Like please go down any other path because Air Raid Vehicle is the superior version. Urban Assault Vehicle is the inferior version of Rollin' by Limp yes. Biscuit. <laughs> all right. That was all you, Jeremy. Very good. Uh, yeah, my so my comment, my first comment in the chat, by the way, after this was, okay, so damn, this might be Rowan's wheelhouse. <laughs> yep. Oh, this was as soon as that popped in the chat, I had my yeah. caps lock on, like rolling lip biscuit. I am one hundred percent on this. And and when when we were discussing wagering, I was like, for them, Rowan is weak on pop music. No idea about Ian. <laughs> and. Uh, I've seen a horse. What did you wager for yourself and your opponents here? 200 for us, 200 for them. And what about the Womp Rats? Uh, 200 for us, 300 for them. Okay. Uh, well, as both teams identified, this was Roland by Limp Biscuit, and they actually received like a, a nice certificate saying thanks for bringing attention to the World Trade Centers on like September 6th, 2001. And that was an unfortunate timing because they had just won, I think, the MTV Video Music Award for Rock Song or something like a couple of days prior for Roland by Limp Biscuit. And if you want to hear Rowan talk more about new metal, you can catch them on the all new Draft Days podcast coming uh, this week to the PTE Network. 
And another useless fact about, I believe it's the urban assault vehicle version that, to, to tie into another PTE network show, specifically the Boozy Bracketology that we recently had about wrestling, which I was also on, I believe it was the urban assault vehicle version of Roland that was the Undertaker's entrance music during his American badass era. Very nice. Our final question in the round is, it's okay in a three-way, which is a geography question. And if I mispronounce these cities, I apologize. The city of Save, sometimes spelled Sabah, is located in present-day Iran and is said to be the origin and final resting place of what supposed trio? Now I have Roland stuck in my head. I've never heard the song, so I'm going to have to look it up afterwards. Honestly, most people would probably tell you you're okay bypassing it, but... It's so good. Uh, uh, Tim. Listen to the air raid version. Yeah, Aaron. Tim, now I know y'all be loving this shit right here. L-I-M-P, Biscuit, is right here. And I probably should point out the clue category was are your crumpets saggy? As in a limp biscuit? Ah, nice. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. I forgot I went on mute. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> and I'm glad you liked that uh, you didn't think I was serious. <laughs> yeah. I guess there's no reason to, to type in LOL now that I've actually LOL. <laughs> uh, I like your answer. I think we can lock that in. We're going to lock in. Okay, the Womp Rats are locked in, so I've seen a horse. You could talk this one out. Yeah, still very much just grasping at straws here. Okay in a three-way. And I don't know what supposed is supposed to mean here. Yeah. Like, What's is that historically vague that they even existed, or what? Yeah, I'm getting a, like, supposed suggests either historically vague or even mythological origin and final resting place um it's okay in a three-way um and specifically sometimes spelled saba i don't know if that's a clue or what um yeah like the only the only three people i can like uh, it's okay in a three-way would be so weird for that though like old resting place of three people the only thing that's coming to mind is the cave of the patriarchs but that's not in present day iran i'm i want to say it's in present day iraq and that's like abraham and isaac and jacob i believe but it's like jewish patriarchs yeah. oh um and that wouldn't that wouldn't be in present day iran um Oh, I'm getting I'm I'm getting nothing here, which is a little frustrating, but. Yeah, like I said in the chat, the only trios that I can think of there anywhere near that part of the world. And I, I know it's not them. They're, you know, the three parts of the Christian God, Jesus and his father and the Holy Ghost. And then the three gods of the of the Hindus. But again, not Iran. I am no. going to need you to circle around to an answer here pretty soon. Okay. Um, or the origin and the three 
originated in the same place, theoretically. Oh, I'm so confused by this. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. No, I have... Do you have anything in particular that you want to go with? Because I have, I have nothing. My brain is not settling on anything here. I can't think of anything. Um, I mean, I guess we can go with the, the patriarchs that, like you said, yeah. not the right country. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think it's the right country, but at least it's three figures who are theoretically in the same final resting place. We'll mm -hmm. go. We'll we'll go with the patriarchs of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, even though I'm pretty sure that that's not in Iran. I just don't have anything else. Okay, I've seen a horse locking in with the patriarchs of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Wombrats, what did you lock in with here? Well, I mean, I was as lost as Rowan on this one. I I just had no idea, but. I was like, okay, uh, Iran is like the Middle East and trio and trio in Middle East. And the only thing that came to mind is the three wise men. And I don't know, like, if maybe they didn't really exist. I don't know. You know, maybe that's why it's supposed. But uh, we just ended up locking in with that instead of racking our brains trying to come up with something better. If it is, if it is their answer, I'm going to be uh, kind of miffed at myself because uh, I'll feel like a bad Jew. But uh, we went with the three wise men. Yeah, and the only not trio from persia i came up with was uh aladdin jasmine and the genie but uh we we ruled that one out because we knew they were a trio they were definitely a three-way i mean it wasn't in the cartoon but you know if you go back and read the originals it's it's there prince ali mighty is he ali uh and jeff what did you guys lock in with here for yourselves and your opponents uh for points we did uh 100 on each okay and ian what did you guys wager here we wagered 300 on each okay uh one team is getting points here the only reason for suppose it is because anything that long i mean you the story can be disputed and whether or not these people are who who the the tomb claims uh can always be disputed but the, the, the key word here was the origin and final resting place because they w did go on a very big journey. These were the three wise men or the three magi. Wow. Okay. You're on a roll, Jeremy. That was, that was like just three people from the Middle East. What else am I going to say? Who've never been in my kitchen. Yeah. So, Aaron, what, is, uh, what do our scores look like after the first section? I'd like to dispute something here. Uh, the only three wise men that I'm aware of are uh, Jack Daniel, <laughs> Johnny Jim Walker, Beam and Johnny Warhol. Walker. No, no Jim Beam in that. No, not gonna, uh, Jim Beam is fine. But yeah, we uh, started the round with a 500 point difference between the two teams. It's now 900 points, but in the opposite direction of how we started. That's right. It's been a 1400 point swing coming out of round number one. Womp Rats lead 2,100 to 1,200 over I've Seen a Horse. Okay, our categories for Section 2 are more confusing than Groucho Marx in a day at the races, a sports question. I have nothing to add for this, a science question. And longing, rusted, 17 daybreak, a history question. Go ahead and lock in your wagers. And both teams are locked in with their wagers, Tim. 
Okay, so our first question is in the category of more confusing than Groucho Marx in a day at the races, a sports question. Who is recognized as professional wrestling's first world heavyweight champion? Nicknamed the Russian Lion, he is noted for his rivalry with Frank Gotch, as well as his books on physical culture, training, and flexibility. Hello, darkness, my old friend. About one more minute. Okay, we're locked in. I've seen a horse is locked in. Womp rats, I'm going to need an answer pretty quick. All right, well, I mean... The only thing, I mean, at the very beginning, I said, I'm almost positive his first name is George. I have no idea what his last name is, and I'm not going to get it. Uh, and I don't know anything. I mean, like, so unless you'll accept just George, can we lock in with just George? I can't accept first names only. <laughs> I didn't think so. That's uh, rightfully so. We're going to say George Harpo. Because, you know, that's Groucho's brother. So George Harpo. And that would be confusing if you were... Yeah. Didn't know which Marx brother was which, so there you go. Womp rats lock in with George George Harpo. Uh I've seen a horse. What did you lock in with? This is annoying because it's something I know I've seen along the way and just couldn't remember the guy's name. The more confusing than Groucho Marx in a day at the races. I don't know a day at the races well enough. And was honestly when I saw that, really hoping it'd be a horse racing question. Got really excited that it was a wrestling question, then realized it was a wrestling thing I didn't know. Um, so I was thinking, like, I had something in the back of my head that suggested that there was some, like, Eastern European wrestler that may have, like, borrowed his name from that. So I thought of, um, there was this guy, Nikolai Volkov, who wrestled, like, when I was a kid. There was a more recent guy who was sometimes referred to as the Lion of Bulgaria, and now he's wrestling as Miro in AEW, but in WWE, he wrestled as Alexander Rusev. And then there was this guy in the, like, in the aughts who didn't get nearly as far as Vince McMahon maybe thought he should have, who went by Kozlov and... Out of those, I like Kozlov a little better, so we locked in with Kozlov. Okay, uh, I've seen a horse locks in with Kozlov. I've seen a horse. What did you wager for yourselves and your opponents here? Sports is kind of hit or miss with us, so we went with 100, and I know that Jeremy tends to be very good at sports, so we gave them 100 as well. <laughs> and Womp Rats, what did you wager? The saving graces, I said, well, they're going to give us 100 on sports because that's probably my strongest category, and Rowan knows that. And then we were going to give you guys, uh, you know, 300 on sports originally, but then uh, Jeff pointed out, oh, it could be about horse racing, and I'm like, god damn it, it could be. And then it ended up being wrestling, and I was like, shit, that's the other thing Rowan knows a whole shit done about. And uh, we ended up uh giving you guys 200 but we did give ourselves 300 and since i think neither one of us is going to get this right i'm sad that we gave ourselves 300 well the good news is is that 25 percent of the names that you gave is correct uh aaron do you want to go ahead and explain this one no <laughs> all right then <laughs> You gave me a live mic. That's my choice. Uh, no, I will explain this one. Absolutely. Uh, just kind of seeing some of the chat in the backgrounds here. I do recommend everyone seeing A Day at the Races along with A Night at the Opera. It's back-to-back -back movies by the Marx Brothers that are fantastic, just like the Queen albums with the same name. Both wonderful albums back-to-back. -back. But in The Day at the Races, the name of 
Groucho Marx's character was Dr. Hugo Z. Hackenbush. I was hoping that might get someone to something more confusing than Hackenbush, because the first recognized world heavyweight champion, and yes, Womp Rats, you were halfway there. It is George Hackenschmidt innovated the bear hug in professional wrestling. I think that's why I've heard of him, but yeah, I, I knew it was a George. And I knew it wasn't George the Animal Steel or Gorgeous George, so, you know. <laughs> like, literally, if you put on the... If you gave George Hackenschmidt a t-shirt with the Frenemy Trivia logo, it would fit him perfectly because his torso is shaped like a V. It is I'm assuming ridiculous. he's dead now. Well, quite yeah. dead. Yeah. Quite, <laughs> quite dead. Uh, yeah, just taking a look here. He's been worm food since 1968, so he's been gone for a little bit. How do you get Russian lion from Hackenshank? So or he's whatever. from Estonia. <laughs> uh, and he was just known as the Russian lion. And as we all know, wrestling companies never lie to us at all whatsoever about wrestlers. Never, ever. Never, ever. Never. Especially not in the days when kayfabe was strict instead of fuzzy the way it is today. Hackenschmidt was from Estonia, which was then part of the Russian Empire. So that's we that's did also I'm... debate George Zeppo and George uh, Marx <laughs> and George, you know. But you know, it's, yeah, there was no George Gumbo, no alliteration in your answers. It was very sad. <laughs> All right, well, let's see if we can't get some correct answers back. Uh, our next question is in the category of "I have nothing to add for this," which is a science question. Not to be confused with a first order general, what name is given to a group of related genes that specify regions of the body plan of an embryo? <laughs> uh, with the coin flip, we're locked in. Womp rats are, lo are locked in. I've seen a horse. You've got about a minute and a half to talk this out. Okay. So the first thing that I noticed is add is spelled with one D. Yeah. Um, so I have nothing to add for this. I have nothing to advertise for this. Advertise, nothing to sell. And I mean, you suggested Dexter, Dexter, Sinister, Dextral or Sinistral, something like that. I mean, ad answer Sinister sometimes. <laughs> that they are. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the First Order General thing is at all. No, I don't either. It sounds like it sounds like um, ancient sort of Roman legion sort of thing. Yeah, I, you know, but I've never heard the term. So um, it just it just sounds like that to me. Caesarian, um, Aurelian. Um, just throwing it. Anything pulling towards you because it's nothing's pulling me. No, like I said that. I mean, you've got the sides of the body, the dexters, dexter and sinister. Um, but that's as close as I can come to part of the body plan or regions of the body plan. Um, yeah, I'm not picking up the clue. Um, let's go with sinister because ads are sinister and that word is great. Sure. I'm good with it. <laughs> sure. We are locking in with sinister. I've seen a horse locks in with sinister womp rats. What did you say here? Jeff, this was all you. Take it away. 
Well, luckily I picked up on uh, finally my wheelhouse first order general that refers to Star Wars and not the crappy first three movies, but the crappy seven, eight, and nine movies. Uh, and that would be General uh, Hux. So we were going back and forth of just, hey, maybe if we just change the vowel, we didn't think hacks sounded right. So we 50-50'd on Hex and Hawks and landed on Hawks. And then after that, then I went back and saw the clue of nothing to add AD, and that sounds like ad hoc, which hopefully is more evidence for our answer of Hawks. So uh, we went with Hawks, H-O-X. And what did you guys wager here? Uh, we had uh, 200 for us and 300 for them. And what about I've Seen a Horse? Unfortunately, both of us thought of our Learned League categories and said, well, we're really great in science. So we went 300 on both. Okay. So this gene is what tells your arm to grow out of your shoulder, your leg to grow out of your hip, your head to grow out of your neck. Like it, it lays out the body plan for animals. And uh, yeah, the womp rats picked up on all of the clues. All of these are going, we're, we're meant to be kind of like one letter off clues. Uh, the first order general is from star Wars. That is general Hux. The AD instead of ADD is meant to point you to ad hoc. Uh, these are hawks genes, H-O-X. When you started counting the limbs in the head, I was worried it was V-Hex. <laughs> and I will note here as well that the term ad hoc literally translates to for this, which is why the clue ends. I've got nothing to add for this. That is some deep cluing, by the way. I... I didn't pick, I mean, that was all Jeff picked up on hooks and I was like, all right, that's great. That, that gives us something to work on. Like maybe it's a sound alike. Let's change a letter. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what I wanted you to do. Given that I haven't seen a star Wars movie since 2002, I was up the creek without a paddle here. <laughs> In 2002, that would put you right at the attack of the clones it sucked which is why i haven't seen anything since but the aforementioned quote of two hundred thousand units with a million more on the way was from attack of the clones yeah and you know what i have tried to block out of my brain in the 21 years since that i'm gonna have another sip of beer to try and block it out some more yeah i've been trying to block out the last three movies as well so uh, my my problem was the you know Episode one, two, and three, the movies were terrible, but the actual like trilogy story was good. Whereas seven, eight, and nine, the individual movies were okay, but the trilogy stunk. You know, it was just like uh, this. This isn't a Star Wars podcast, so I'm not going to opine here. If you want to hear my opinions, poke us in our Discord channel in movies, and I, I'll let you know what I think. But let's go to our final question in section two in the category of longing rusted 17 daybreak, which is a history question. Lending his name to a Marvel comic sidekick, who is the only U.S. president who served in the military but was not an officer? We're locked in. Womp rats are locked in. I've seen a horse. Go ahead and talk this out. 
So presidents. Um, I mean, I can I I can name the presidents in order, and we can see if any of them are Marvel Comics sidekick. We got George Washington, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, James Monroe, uh, John Quincy Adams, um, Andrew Jackson, Martin Van Buren. William Henry Harrison, John Tyler, James K. Polk, Zachary Taylor, Millard Fillmore, Franklin Pierce, James Buchanan, Abraham Lincoln, Andrew Johnson. Um, Ulysses S. Grant was definitely a general. That's definitely yeah. an officer. Uh, Rutherford B. Hayes, James A. Garfield, yeah. Chester A. Arthur um that gets us to 21 so 22 is grover cleveland 23 is benjamin harrison Harrison. 24 is cleveland again 25 is mckinley um, mckinley teddy roosevelt Taft. taft wilson um after wilson would be harding coolidge hoover Franklin Delano Roosevelt, Harry Truman, who I know is the last president not to have graduated college. Right. Um, and then after Truman would be Eisenhower. Eisenhower would take Definitely us to Kennedy, who was an officer, I believe. Uh, after JFK is Lyndon Baines Johnson, Tricky Dick, Gerald Ford, uh, Jimmy Carter, Ronald Reagan, who I don't think H W. Yeah, H Dubs, um, Bill Clinton, um, G Dubs, um, Obama, person I will not name, um, Biden. Those are the presidents. None of them tripped any sort of. Marvel, Marvel sidekick Center. name. Um <sighs> yeah. Longing Rusted 17 Daybreak. I don't know what that that's obviously a reference to something. All of these titles are references. And yeah. all of these references are missing me. <laughs> yeah, none of these questions are hitting either of our wheelhouses, and it's really no. kind of making me mad. I do um, need an answer in about a minute longing rusted 17 daybreak doesn't it doesn't sound anything like star wars um longing rusted i see you laughing tim daybreak morning sun was truman in the military um i don't remember if he was or not but that's as good a guess as we're gonna i mean that's as good a guess as i would have just because i know that he like I know that he didn't graduate college. I, right. yeah, um, I don't know if he was or not, but I think that's a, I think that's a good enough swing to take if we want to take a swing, and it doesn't hurt us to answer something. Yeah, yeah. Harry Truman. Okay, the uh, team I've seen I've seen a horse has locked in with Harry Truman. Womp Bratz, what did you say here? Well. My first comment was, we got to get this. And then Jeff right away had a name. And I was like, oh, yeah, that yes. totally makes sense. So, Jeff, yep. take it away. 
Yeah, so when, uh, again, probably more than Star Wars, uh, you know, Marvel Comics would be be right up there for me. So uh, when you think Marvel Comics sidekick, the first name that pops into your mind is uh, Bucky, who was Captain America's uh, sidekick, also known as the Winter Soldier later on. So we went with uh, Buchanan. Okay, and uh, Juan Prats, what did you wager here? Uh, we had 100 on each. And I've seen a horse. We had 200 on each. Okay, so Longing Rusted 17 Side Break, or, or Daybreak, is uh, part of the nine words that activate the Winter Soldier. The Winter Soldier is, in fact, Bucky, uh, the sidekick to Captain America, whose full name is James Buchanan Barnes, a.k.a. Bucky. Uh, and James Buchanan was only a sergeant both in Captain America and in the United States military. Yeah, as soon as as soon as soon Jeff put James Buchanan down, I'm like, well, Bucky Barnes, Bucky could totally be short for Buchanan. That makes way too much. I'm like, we have to lock that in. I mean, that question could have said Winter Soldier in it. And I would have been exactly where I was right then. Oh, I'm sorry. If I'd have gotten that far, I'd have gotten to Bucky Barnes. But yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, This Uh, this is for me. This is making up for the hot seat round. So Aaron, what does that do to our scores after section two? Uh, It does quite a bit. And just a side note here. Why anyone would want to name their child after possibly one of the worst presidents in U.S. history is beyond me. It's it's like the Nigerian leader who was named Adolf Hitler Unona. It's the same kind of thing there. But after round number two, currently Womp Rats have extended their lead. It is 2,700 to 200 heading into round number three. I've seen a horse are currently on the under 500 point threshold. Okay. Well, we will still hear all three categories and there's still time to turn this around. So let's see what happens in section three with these categories. Tim Blah Blah's a hit, which is a music question. For season two, here's a deja clue. What a Dumas, which is a movies question. And doubled up in the shrub, which is a video games question. Go ahead and send Aaron your wagers. I am so happy, Tim. You did not degus number two. I mean, I'm not Jeremy. You are, huh? What? I heard my name. Not you, Jeremy. The other Jeremy from Chicago who plays trivia. Yeah, but is he ball? Oh, wait. Damn. Yeah. All right. But does he have a goatee? Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I have uh, to say, I absolutely love, if you haven't heard it yet, the advertisement for draft days is fucking hilarious because it's uh it's Jeff Bim doing it. And he starts talking about the new podcast from the the newest host on the PTE network. And specifically it says the new PTE host from Chicago. And it, so it's like, is it Jay Borsum? No, it's not Jay Borsum. Is it Brittany Shaw? No, it's not her either. Is it Jeremy Goodson? <laughs> And it's just really fucking funny uh, because we now have four hosts on the PTE network who are trivia players from Chicago. 
<laughs> yeah, it's honestly my favorite part of that ad. Oh, it's right up there with how cheesy the advent calendar ad was. I mean, honestly, that's been the theme of the night. Like our pop culture touchstones are not everybody else's pop culture touchstones, apparently. Except for Roland, I remember that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ro uh, Rowan. I almost said Roland. Uh, <laughs> you are Roland Rowan Ward the Ronin. Hey, I like that. That is a mouthful to try to say, though. All right, Jeremy, bring us in. Why, why, why did I say Jeremy? All right, Aaron, bring us in. Gee, I'm I'm glad that uh, my girlfriend isn't the only one on this podcast that forgets my name. Both teams are locked in with a wager. All right, so our first question is in Tim Blah Blah's a hit, a music question. I need you to name the song and artist that spent 13 weeks at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 charts in 1998 from these lyrics. Think it's time we got this straight. Sit and talk face to face. There is no way you could mistake him for your man. Are you insane? We're locked in. Okay. I've seen a horse is locked in. Womp Rats, go ahead and talk it out. Good. I was just about to type you a long message that I don't have to type. Good, because uh, all I got in was 1998, damn it. <laughs> I'm fairly certain that uh, The Boy Is Mine from Monica and Brandy was the biggest hit of 1998. So 13 weeks at number one, I got to figure that's the biggest hit of 1998. I don't have any clue about the lyrics. I don't know the song. I mean, I know the song vaguely, but I, I'm almost positive. I mean, there's only a handful of songs that have spent 13 or more weeks at number one. So... It's not a thing that is common. I'm almost positive that that is the biggest hit of 1998. Uh, other big hits, I think, were uh, Too Close with Next. Uh, I don't know if Savage Garden, if they're truly madly deeply, was 98. It was right around then. Um, but, I mean, I, I, I'm that, I would go with The Boy Is Mine, Monica and Brandy. I'm good with that. All right, we're going to lock in with The Boy Is Mine, Monica and Brandy. Womp Rats lock in with Brandy and Monica with The Boy Is Mine. I've seen a horse. What did you say here? Yeah, that was an instigate. 1998 is right in my prime MTV watching days. That's definitely The Boy Is Mine by Brandy and Monica. Okay. I've seen a horse. What did you wager here? We wagered 300 for us and 200 for them. And what about the Womp Rats? Uh, we wagered 200 for us and 300 for them. Okay. Well, both teams are getting this one correct. This is The Boy Is Mine by Brandy and Monica. Other songs from 98, Truly Madly Deeply, as you mentioned. Uh, Too Close, as you mentioned. I Don't Want to Miss a Thing was that ah, year. Yeah. Um, as well as One Week by the Bare Naked Ladies, among Which others. Which was at number one for one week. For one week. <laughs> What, what, what's kind of what's kind of funny is earlier during the Limp Biscuit question, one of the bands you were tossing out was Creed. And what's one of the bands I saw live in 1998? Creed. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Oh, no, they were freaking fantastic. I'm still I'm still a big Creed fan, like unironically. By, by the way, I feel bad that earlier when I was thinking of big rock bands from 2000, I didn't even name Nickelback. 
<laughs> which was probably the biggest rock band of that year. And like, I was like, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like it was 2000 and how you remind me really blew up in like 2001 yeah. back in 2000. Um, their big song was still leader of men, which I maintain to this day is the best song ever written about apathy. Nickelback, I think, is a fine band. I in am... fact, How You Remind Me was the last number one hit in 2001. So it was late, late, late wow, 2001. Right. Yeah, like so. I can I can very much pin that song to my second year of college, which would be 2000, like 2001 going into 2002. They had a so. big album that was supposed to be released on September 11, 2001, too, I think. like it was Yeah, like... Silver Side Up, the one with How You Remind Me. Yeah. So it was uh, like 98 or 99, I was uh, teaching middle school and I was chaperoning a dance and they were, you know, actually had like videos playing too. And what I remember is uh, two of the videos, one was Cher and the other was Santana. And I'm like, what decade is this? But right, they were both big. They had, you know, Santana with what's his face and with Rob was, Thomas from Yeah, Matchbox Rob Thomas. Yep. Yeah. The first I would have got there eventually. But... <laughs> yeah, at one point Cher had the record for the longest time between number one hits, but that was recently broken. By Brenda Lee. Yes. All right. Let's jump into our second question. Uh, which is in the category of for season two, here's a deja clue. What a Dumas, a movies question. What actor turned down the opportunity to stand by Batman, rejecting the role of Robin for Tim Burton's 1989 film? A few years later, he'd work alongside Chris O'Donnell, who didn't turn down the role for a later film, as two of a notable trio turned Tetrad. All right, we're locked in. Okay, Womp Rats are locked in. I've seen a horse. Go ahead and talk it out. So we're thinking this has to be the 90s Three Musketeers movie. But unfortunately, neither of us saw that movie. I don't even remember the ads for the movie. Like, I know it existed. I don't remember the ads for the movie. And man, the Iron Mask keeps coming back into my head instead of Three Musketeers. Yeah, which which is also a, Dumas, but it's a different Dumas different, story. Yeah, I just do not remember at all who was in that movie, and yeah, I would really just be throwing a throwing a dart at a eighties nineties actor. I yeah. I didn't know someone rejected. The role of Robin in that Batman movie. I mean, I should know this because, you know, for me, I guess movie slash TV pop culture in the 90s was nothing if not, you know, pretending I had crushes on actors so I could pretend to have something in common with people. And, you know, one of one of the people who I, you know, probably failed to convince people I was very straight by claiming I had a crush on was Chris O'Donnell. So I should remember who was in this Chris O'Donnell movie. I don't. Yeah. And so people, it wasn't, um, I don't think Johnny Depp was in that. Yeah. No. Keanu Reeves. Uh, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be like one of the older actors, like, you know, Kevin Costner or, 
whatever it wouldn't be it wouldn't be one of those they were already like mega stars back then it would probably be somebody on the young ish side i think wouldn't be like tommy lee jones he was in everything then but he was probably a little too old to be robin to yeah he'd be way too old um somebody around that age might be jonathan taylor thomas but I don't think he was probably a little that. too young because he was like the middle kid. On... Yeah, I would remember if it was one of the home improvement guys, because like in the early ish 90s, I was I was home improvement years old. Yeah. I am happy to go with whichever actor you think might be vaguely the right age. Ian. you're going to be a better you're going to be a better guesser here than I am. Yeah. OK. Um let's let's go with leonardo leonardo dicaprio he'd be about that age i'm good with that okay dicaprio okay i've seen a horse locks in with leonardo dicaprio womp rats what did you come up with here well this was the first one where i totally picked up on all the clues which was clearly the 90s three musketeers movie I certainly did see that. I enjoyed it. I remember a lot about it. Um, it was uh, Brian Adams had a uh, wrote the theme song, which he did with Sting and uh, uh, was it uh, David? Uh, whatever. Um, anyway, uh, oh, uh, Rod Stewart, Sting and Rod Stewart. Uh, and the movie starred as the Three Musketeers, Oliver Platt, Charlie Sheen, Kiefer Sutherland, and then Chris O'Donnell was the fourth guy. Tim Curry was Cardinal Richelieu. Um, and I am pretty sure that I actually do remember seeing Kiefer Sutherland give an interview where he said something about him being Robin, even though, as Jeff rightly pointed out, Charlie Sheen definitely looks more the part than Kiefer Sutherland. But I was like, no, I'm Kiefer Sutherland is right. And we knew that it's not Oliver Platt. So uh, we went with Kiefer Sutherland. OK, Womprat's lock in with Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, I've seen a horse. What were your wagers on this question? Uh, we did 200 for us and 100 for them. Okay. And Womp Rats, what did you say here? We did 300 for us and 200 for them. Okay. So Jeremy says he clicked, uh, picked up on all the clues. He did miss one. I, I specifically chose the word, uh, the, uh, the opportunity to stand by Batman because ah. the gang leader in stand by me was Kiefer Sutherland who refused to play the dude in the tights uh, in Batman, but later said he regretted that he he would have accepted it if he had known uh, Burton was about to make the greatest movie ever. Uh, so Kiefer Sutherland did turn down the role of Batman. He did play, I think, Athos in The Three Musketeers. Uh, you did pick up on all the rest of the clues unfortunately this does mean that i've seen a horse is out of points uh so with a score of 3100 to zero the womp rats will move on to our individual round so we will head to the second half with the womp rats of jeff and jeremy facing off rowan and ian will stick around to talk trash and aaron will be here for keeping score and we will see you after this commercial break. Coming this February to the PTE Network, a podcast unlike any other, except for maybe two or three. A podcast hosted by a Chicagoland trivia veteran 
Is it Jay Borzum? No, not her. Is it Brittany Shaw? No, it's not her either. Is it Jeremy Goodson? Just shut up and let me do my job. Okay. <clears throat> Where was I? Oh, right, promo. It's the newest podcast on the PTE network. We play fantasy sports just without the sports. It features drinking, pointless arguments, and needlessly confusing homophones. Welcome to Draft Days. I'm your host, Jeffy Donuts. Listen along as my guests and I draft fantasy teams of just about anything, and then use made-up rules to see which of us will take home the trophy and which of us is just hot dookie. Join us every Wednesday for another episode of Draft Days. That's D-R-A-U-G-H-T-D-A-Z-E. It's a beer pun. Listen to my dad's podcast. Thank you, Lucas. That was very sweet. And we're back where we will have the team of Womp Rats, Jeff and Jeremy, facing off in the head-to-head round. As a reminder, all of the rules from the first round are the same, with the exception of once one player locks in with their answer, the other player has a 30-second hard timer in which they can talk it out and lock in their answer. We have taken the first round score of 3100 divided it by two and rounded up so both players will start with 1600 points rowan and ian are sticking around to talk trash are we ready for this round sure our categories for the first section are woo in classical music ri and symmetry supposed to rhyme which is a television question and a query on Theodore's Lariat, which is a television question. So go ahead and send Aaron your wagers. Yeah, I'm going to pop a beer real quick. There we go. Both teams are locked in. Okay, so our first question in the category of woo, a classical music question. Sunrise is the well-known fanfare that opens what tone poem by Richard Strauss? I'm locked in. Jeremy is locked in. Jeff, you have 30 seconds to come up with an answer. Okay, well, I'm just guessing, but I'm I'm good to go. I'm going to go, and uh, I don't know any tone poem by Richard Strauss. I'm going to guess nature because of the clue, woo, for nature boy Ric Flair. Okay, Jeff locks in with nature. Rowan, did I make the right wrestling reference? You did. Yay. <laughs> Woo. There we go. <laughs> Jeff locks in with nature. Jeremy, what did you say here? Uh, I locked in with, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> Jeremy attempting the infamous Calori crash. Um, shout out to Sarah Calori. Shout out to Sarah Calori. We love Sarah here. Um so this oh can the peanut gallery answer this one can the peanut gallery answer this one like the peanut gallery answered it before before you even asked it i'm getting there rowan i'm getting oh, there. I, will give you, I will give you intro music on this one so, i will so, give you intro music before you answer so jeff picked up on who the reference is the in the clue is about rowan do you want to fill in the gap here yep as soon as it said Woo! Classical music. I posted in the back channel, but ev- with everyone but the two people who are still playing. OMG, 
calling 5.1 being something about the spake Zarathustra, I am effing calling it. Because, yes, Ric Flair, who says, woo, comes out to the opening, the sunrise bit to thus spake Zarathustra, and his daughter, Charlotte Flair, comes out to a techno remix of such. Yes. That so is more su- than I needed to know about that, but thank you. So, <laughs> so, so sunrise is the bomb, bomb, bomb. I mean, I this would have been easier if you would have played it and then asked me what wrestler comes out to it. Then maybe I would have gotten it. Ric Flair's entrance to music, I think I would have recognized. But Yeah, but that'd be a wrestling question and not a classical music question. Uh, but yes, uh, I have this as also spake Zarathustra, but I might be conflating both the, uh, the, the tone poem and the other part. Uh, but yes, this is absolutely also spoke Zarathustra. And both players are going to miss this one as we move to question two in the round. Uh, Jeff, what did you wager on yourself and Jeremy here? Well, I don't think it's a big surprise. 100 on me and 300 on Jeremy. And Jeremy, what did you wager here? 100 on me and 300 on Jeff. So, yes, this was also Spake Zarathustra. Um both players are actually going to pick up 200 points on their wrong answers because of good wagering. As we move to our eye and symmetry supposed to rhyme, which is a television question. Gurrific and Ugga Mugga are catchphrases of what character who got his own show in 2012, but whose father made his debut somewhere in the neighborhood of April, 1954. Locked in. All right, Jeremy is locked in. Jeff, you have 30 seconds. Oh, I'm going to hate myself when I find out the answer, but it's not coming here. I mean, I'm not getting the 2012 show. I should with my kids, but they kind of, my son just watched nature shows and stuff. Uh, Gurrific and Ooga Mooga. Uh, Captain Caveman Jr. is going to be my answer. Okay. <laughs> Jeff locks in with Captain Caveman Jr. And Jeremy, what, uh, Jeff, what did you wager here? Uh, well, I just guessed on the TV ones. I did 300 for me and 200 for Jeremy. Okay. Jeremy, what did you lock in with and what were your wagers? Well, uh, it sounded familiar. The Ugga Mugga, the I like I'm like I think I've seen something to do with this and then it struck me I think it's something to do I think it's on PBS but I I like was like I'm not gonna come up with this because I don't know what it is so I locked in with it's a PBS thing I don't know (laughs) and uh, I gave Jeff 200 and I put 200 on me okay Rowan and Ian did you have any idea on this one I mean Gurrific sounds like something a dog would say and then Ogamaga definitely sounds like something captain caveman would say but i don't know where the april 1954 comes in okay yeah i'm pulled in a couple different directions i see i and symmetry supposed to rhyme and that makes me think of tiger tiger burning bright although i can't really tie oh god yep i know it. i can't really tie that to a cartoon character but yeah kangaroo or mr rogers would have been the original 
Is this right. Daniel Tiger? It is Daniel Tiger, whose father made his appearance in the neighborhood of April 1954. Oh, God, I didn't read all the way down. I was, like, focused on the eye and symmetry. I didn't get to the neighborhood. A clue to Mr. Yep. Rogers' neighborhood. Uh, Daniel Tiger is the answer we were looking for here. I didn't know Daniel Tiger was the son. Daniel Tiger is both the name of the father and the son. Oh, that's um, why. Yeah. Uh, gotcha. I think his father has some weird middle name. Uh, oh, his father's middle name is Striped. His name is Daniel Striped Tiger. Okay. Good to know. But Daniel I, Tiger is the answer we were looking for here. Neighborhood being the big clue. I never watched Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood because those puppets creeped me out. Yeah, that's why the animated Daniel Tiger is much better. Yes. <laughs> yeah, if Lady Elaine Fairchild did not weird you out in some way, shape, or form as a kid, uh, we, we can't be friends. <laughs> okay, we head to our third question of the round. In the category of a query on Theodore's Lariat, which is a television question, George Went, Norm from Cheers, is the uncle to what actor who won the 2021 and 2022 Primetime Emmy for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series? Hold on, I'm going to lock in here in a second. I just have to type it. Locked in. Jeremy is locked in. Jeff, you have 30 seconds. Oh, man, I just I just saw this. Who was it? Problem is, I don't watch modern TV either, so... Primetime Emmy for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series. The, oh, um, well, I mean, that's obviously, I mean. I need an I, answer. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's Ted Lasso. I don't, I uh, can't pull the guy's name, so. All right. Jeff locking in with, uh, we'll, we'll lock it in with Ted Lasso. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy, uh, Jeff, what did you wager here? 200 me, 100 Jeremy. Okay, and Jeremy, what did you say, and what did you wager? Uh, it is Ted Lasso. It's Jason Sudeikis, uh, 100 for Jeff and 300 for me. Okay. Uh, yeah, this question came about because this week they had the primetime Emmys, and uh, George Went showed up with Jason Sudeikis, and everybody went, oh, they're related? Um, because... Uh, George Wentz's sister, I think her name is Catherine, is the mother of Jason Sudeikis. Uh, so Jason Sudeikis is the answer we were looking for there. Aaron, at the end, at the end of section one, how do our scores stand? We've had a little bit of a separation in the scores. Both players came into this with sixteen hundred, but currently, it's an eight hundred point lead for Jeremy, twenty two hundred to fourteen hundred, heading into our second set of questions. Okay, our second set of questions. Don't ever kink shame Weird Al in a movie's question. Mjolnir, Mjolfar, Mjol wherever you are, a history question. And not just for women, a language question. Go ahead and send Aaron your wagers. Rowan, Ian, how are you feeling about these categories? I mean, if nothing else, there's not one of those that's making me go, my goodness, this is in my wheelhouse, the way that classical music question that was really about Ric Flair was. 
<laughs> and what about you, Ian? I don't know if any of them are really going to hit, but they sound like they could. The number two one is making me just want to start busting out some, you know, Mjolnir, Mjolfar, Mjol wherever you are. I'm going to have to cut you off before we get a copyright. <laughs> and both players are locked in with their wagers, Tim. Okay. So our second set of questions kicks off with don't ever kink shame Weird Al, a movies question. Buffy and Minch were names in the early drafts of what movie character who debuted in 1980, died three years later, and appeared in films as recently as 2019? Locked in. Jeremy locked in immediately. Jeff, go ahead. You got 30 seconds. Buffy and Minch. Early drafts of what movie character who debuted in 1980 died three years later? Who debuted in 1980? Um, I need an answer. Okay. This is the wrong answer, but it fits the clues. I'm going to go with Boba Fett. All right. Uh, Jeff locks in with Boba Fett. Jeremy, you locked in real quick. Yeah, I knew this right away. Uh, I didn't need any clues. I just knew it. Uh, first of all, Boba Fett debuted in the Star Wars Holiday Special, which is before 1980. As a Star Wars fan, you should know that. Also, as a Star Wars fan, you should know that Yoda was almost named Buffy. Oh, I should have known that. Jeremy, what did you wager here? Damn it, I'm so close. Uh, yep. I wagered 300 for me, 200 for him. And Jeff, what did you wager? 300 for me, 100 for him. And I should have known that. And it would have been really awkward if around, what was that, two, 19, uh, 2019 that we started talking about Baby bu- bu- baby Buffy yeah. uh, <laughs> or Baby Minch. Baby Minch. Uh, this was Yoda that we were looking oh, for my God. here, who debuted in 1980, yep. died in 83, and has appeared in... Pretty like like many Star Wars films since I, at least. I, I am a Star Wars fan myself. I've written many Star Wars questions, written questions about this very thing. I I love this fact. Thirty more seconds. I just I don't know why I went Boba Fett and didn't go didn't didn't go Yoda right away. I mean, I was writing Yoda to Aaron before that he was finished reading the question because I'm like I want to lock in immediately. Well, Jeff, at least you recognized that. Uh, I was talking about Star Wars. Um, the the clue category there, don't ever kink shame Weird Al. Uh, he did a song called Yoda that was a parody Lola, which is, I think, I the kinks. Uh, so it's, it's all right there for you. Um, Rowan or Ian, did either of you get that one or did Jeremy not leave you enough time? Jeremy didn't leave enough time. I saw um, 80 died three years later. I knew 80 and 83 had to be Star Wars, but Jeremy did not give me another time to let it marinate and go, oh, right, Weird Al, the Yoda song. Because, you know, when I think of Weird Al and Star Wars, I'm like, a long, long time ago in a galaxy far away, which is his other big Star Wars song. And I was getting to the Star Wars franchise, but I, I've never heard Buffy or Minch. And I, would, I wouldn't I would have gotten Yoda. 
So in the in the original draft, his name was Buffy for whatever reason. Obviously, this predates Buffy the Vampire Slayer, so it wouldn't have been inspired by that. Um, and then it was changed to Minch Yoda, and then they just dropped the Minch and kept Yoda. Um, our next question is in the category of Mjolnir, Mjolfar, Mjol wherever you are, a history question. What Norwegian adventurer and ethnographer was noted for his Kantiki expedition, attempting to prove his theory that the Polynesian islands could have been settled by native South Americans? The theory has not gained any widespread existence, with most hammering home the idea that the islands were settled up by people sailing east from Asia. I'm locked in. Oh. Jeff is locked in. Jeremy, go ahead and talk this out. Well, I was literally just typing in my answer. I knew right away the the, the guy's first name is Thor, and it, I knew it was something with an H. And so I was like racking. I don't know if you saw me going like this. I was like, ah, what's his name? Uh, and I'm pretty sure it's Heyerdahl or something like Heyer. I wrote it out as H-A-Y-E-R-D-A-H-L. I don't know how close that is to the spelling, but I, that sounds very familiar so i said thor Heyerdahl. all right and what did you wager jeremy oh uh i wagered this is the second question right i wagered 100 for both of us okay and jeff what did you lock in with and what were your wagers i also locked in with thor Heyerdahl. i uh, took my fingers a couple times to actually like uh get past the uh, autocorrect of some things, uh, and I wagered 200 on each of us. Okay. Uh, Rowan and Ian, you were screaming in the back chat because I've apparently found your niche. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I've known this for most of my life. Yeah, and I had to read Contiki in middle school for a book trivia competition, so yeah, you know, they, they'd talk something about, you know, rafts or expeditions and i'd buzz in and go contiki by thor Heyerdahl." <laughs> i'll tell you what without the mjolnir there i don't know if i would have come up with it as quick it would have taken me longer because i wouldn't have right away gone oh yeah it's that thor guy you know so all you needed to tell me was contiki or all tim needed to tell me was contiki and yeah. i'd have gotten it contiki was all i needed too i also had the hammering home in there uh before Brittany or Aaron, whoever put the Mjolnir, Mjolfar part in there. But fun story, when I was like 10, we were playing Trivial Pursuit with my grandpa, and he was like right out of time. And for some reason, he just went, I don't know, Thor Heyerdahl, and it was correct. And that that memory has stuck in my mind for 27 years at this point, and... So Bob was like, I'm going to write a Thor Heyerdahl question. This is Thor Heyerdahl. Um, and we are heading to our final question of this section in the category of not just for women, which is a language question. What term common to the networking and television industries borrows its name from a form of farming in which seed is scattered over a large area instead of by, a, by precise spacing and depth? I will note that in my neck of the woods, we don't celebrate Thor Heyerdahl, but we do celebrate a person by the name of Robert Asp, who was an educator who built a replica Viking ship and sailed it out of uh, out of the New York area to Bergen, Norway. 
that is the most Dakota thing I've ever heard. Oh, yeah, that's the most Dakota thing you've ever heard there, buddy. Oh, yeah. Locked in. Jeremy is locked in. Jeff, you have 30 seconds. Huh. It's it's there. Um, uh, turn common What was his name from a form of farming? Uh, I don't know. I got it. The not just for women is a clue to some. I'm trying to remember the commercial. Well, it's like I do need an answer. Yeah, I'm. I just gonna pass. It's All there. Right. I can't get it out. <laughs> passes. And what did you wager there? Uh, one hundred. Me, uh, 300 for Jeremy. Okay, and Jeremy, what did you say? So this was one where the clues definitely helped. Because I was like, I'm like, I have no idea what the heck this, I'm like, term common in network and television. And I was just coming up with words in network and TV. And I came up with a few. One of them was broadcasting. And I was like, Oh, not just for women. It's not just for broads. Oh. It was like broadcasting. You're casting stuff in a yep. broad area. I'm like, that's nice. totally got to be it. And so I said broadcasting. Okay. Rowan, I know you used to work in the IT field. Oh, yeah. No, I used to work in computers. And it's one of those things I'd never heard the seed meaning, but networking and television, uh, Sounds like broadcast and not just for women. Yeah. Broad nudge, nudge, wink, <laughs> wink. It, it's broadcast. And Ian, I saw you came up with the answer too, just a, just a second before Rowan. Yeah. My, so my dad, my uncle and I used to go out for, for dinner um, every couple of weeks. And my dad and my, my uncle were big into etymology. And so I, I've heard the origin of so many words and this just hit right home for me yeah so this term is uh from where when they used to just take like handfuls of seeds and just toss them over the land they they would cast them in a broad arc uh this is broadcast and that's how we got the term yep not just for women is the only reason i was like oh god that's gotta be it and I was stuck on, wasn't there an old commercial, something about not just for women? Or, um, I, I'm sure there was, but I was like. There's secret deodorant strong enough for a man made for a woman. Maybe that's what I was thinking and, of. And, so and, I, there, and, and there's also like that stupid, you know, doctor diet, Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper 10 or whatever. That's like, you know, like basically trying to say diet soda is not just for women. It's like 10 manly calories. Yeah, so I was, I was stuck. <laughs> trying to go like think of like a product that fit into there and so yeah aaron we've reached the halfway point of our individual round where do our scores stand well apparently after two rounds of awkward speed dating to tim we have we have jeremy extending his lead currently over jeff right now it stands 3200 to 600 as we head into our third round of head-to-head jeff you're just above that threshold Yep. Our categories for section three are Attack of the Killer Naranjas in Geography, A Golden Cow in Science, and Gonna Wash That Titan Right Out of My Hair in Movies. Go ahead and send Aaron your wagers. 
And we are locked in with both wagers, Tim. All right. Thanks, Aaron. Our first question is in the category of Attack of the Killer Naranjas, which is a geography question. La Tomatina is an annual tomato fight festival held on the last Wednesday of August in Buñol, a town in what autonomous community of Spain? Seen videos of this? Yeah, I have two. Locked in. Jeremy is locked in. Jeff, go ahead and talk this out. You have 30 seconds. Uh, yeah, uh, autonomous community of Spain. <sighs> yeah, so on our geography, uh, on our uh, uh, trivia team, my 15-year-old son, he's our geography expert, so um, it's always been my weakness. Uh, I'm Spain. I do need an answer. I'm going to go. I can't even think of a Spanish autonomous community. Um, I'm going to go with Tatooine. <laughs> Playing the game show host here. Uh, Jeff goes with Tatooine. And what did you wager here? Uh, I did 100 for me, 300 for Jeremy. Okay. And Jeremy, what did you lock in with? And what was your wager? Well, uh, for. What I went, I mean, I was just thinking, I'm like, okay, I know places in Spain. I was like, Andalusia, Aragon, Catalonia, Valencia. I just said, fuck it, and went with, uh, can I swear on this podcast? You absolutely fucking can. Okay. Fuck no. (laughs) I went with Catalonia because I really had no idea one way or the other which one was better. And so that's what I went with as far as wager. I gave us both 200. Okay. And uh, Rowan, Ian, what did you think on this one? Well, I saw Attack of the Killer Naranjas. I didn't know the specific Buñol tomato fight, but Naranjas is Spanish for orange. And the two Spanish places I can associate with oranges are Valencia and Seville. And I I feel better about Valencia being an autonomous community. So I said Valencia in the chat. Damn it. I knew Naranja was orange and I didn't come up with that. It is Valencia. Uh, so both players aren't going to miss this one. Wait a minute. The answer was Danny Valencia? <laughs> That's bad. I should have gotten that. I really thought you were going to say that when you said when you cycled through and you even said Valencia. I, yeah, I, I totally, I didn't even go back to, I mean, like, that's just dumb. Like, yeah, there, there's no, I mean, that's a bad miss. Okay. Our second question in section three is in a golden cow, a science question. What extinct species, an ancestor of modern domestic cattle, specifically the Cebu, was one of the largest herbivores in the Holocene epoch? Video game fans may know that it lends its name to the Blitzball team from Besaide in Final Fantasy X. Rowan, I believe the word you are, the phrase you are looking for right now is my entire ass, Tim. <laughs> ass at, at least if you were jay borsum uh you'd be lamenting I'm locked in. jeremy is locked in jeff you've got 30 seconds yeah uh i got nothing again i mean it's just there's clues there and just jeremy locked in quick uh one of the largest herbivores i'm 
I need an answer. I'm going to go. I'm just going to go Woolly Mammoth. Okay. Jeff locks in with Woolly Mammoth. And what did you wager there? 200 for each. Okay. Jeremy, what did you lock in with? And what were your wagers? Uh, wagers were 100 for each. And uh, I know this is something I've heard of. I know it was also something I was never going to think of. And I figure, why not just lock in quick with something and make him have to answer in 30 seconds? So I locked in with Big Bulls. Oh, we've got Big Bulls! We've got Big Bulls! All right. Ian, I know Rowan had this. Did you have this one? Yeah, this was an insta-get for me, too. I I couldn't I wasn't spelling it right because uh, Rowan put the spelling in the chat, but I, it was definitely definitely in my head. That it was insta get. And what what was it? You want to put everybody out of their misery? <laughs> it is Auroch. Yeah, I believe that's how you spell it. I've, I've, is it A U R O C H? That is correct. It is the. I knew as soon as I heard it, I would recognize it. Yep. Like. Yeah, I, I just knew Aurochs were Cebu ancestors, and then, yeah, Golden, A-U-R. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. That's, a, that's, a good, that's a good clue. Yeah, I, I, knew I, I knew it was in my head. I knew it was never coming out of there either. Okay. Uh, we've entered our final question of the third round. In the category of gonna wash that Titan right out of my hair, a movies question. What television hero played Cheryl Yost in the 2002 film Remember the Titans? She was portrayed as being the biggest cheerleader for her daddy, played by Will Patton. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm going to lock in here in a second. Yep, locked in. Jeremy's locked in. Jeff, you have 30 seconds. Oh, crap. Oh, I know the answer. It's right there. Crap, 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 crap. No, that's not... Ah, uh, crap. No, I know where I'm so I'm I'm All right. I do need it. I do need something. I'm mad at myself. I see her. I'm yeah. Damn it. I'm sorry. I got to I'm out. I pass again. It's all good. I know that 30 seconds goes quick. I know. It's just uh, I'm picturing her. What the hell is her name? Uh What did you wager on this one, Jeff? I'll tell you in a second. Yeah, you will. It's uh 300 100. 300 me, 100 Jeremy. And Jeremy, what did you wager? Uh, 300 for each of us. And what was your answer? Jeff, save the cheerleader, save the world. It's Hayden Pantier. Yes, damn it. I knew it as soon as I heard it. It was just like... Uh. It is Hayden Panettiere. This is one of my favorite, holy shit, that's who that is? Yeah. Moments is when you realize that the little loud girl in Remember the Titans went on to be the cheerleader in Heroes. She was... The, the main character in Nashville. Uh, yep, yep. Like that's now, all the same girl. I don't know if I would have got, still gotten it, but I slowed me down. Cause I was stuck on when it said what, what television hero I was thought they wanted the character's name at first. So I didn't go, I didn't go to the actress right away, but I, I don't know if I would have pulled it quick enough with that. So I gotcha. Um, Aaron, we've reached the end of section three. How are our scores? Currently, it's Jeremy with 3,800, Jeff with 400 as we go into our final round of head-to-head. Wow, I still have points left. I... <laughs> Hold on a second. I've locked in my wagers. <laughs> 
we have reached the final section and the good news is you will hear all three categories for the rest of the game our three categories are that's a bold strategy in history so you're saying there's a chance in movies and and now in journalism go ahead and lock in your wagers for the last time tonight their wagers are locked in tim Okay, so our final set of questions starts off with, that's a bold strategy, which is a history question. The easternmost county in North Carolina is named for what individual? The first child born in in the Americas to English parents. Locked in. Jeremy's locked in. Jeff, you have 30 seconds. Crap. What was the name? What was the name? What was the name? I just can't think that fast this late at night. Um, uh, I will go with. I do need an answer. Elizabeth County. All right. Uh, Jeremy, uh, Jeff locks in with Elizabeth County. And what did you wager here? Uh, 100, 300. 100 me, 300 for him. Jeremy, you locked in. What was your uh, answer and what were your wagers? Uh, I locked in 300 for both of us, and I am almost positive this is Virginia Dare. Oh, yep. Damn it. Virginia Dare is a correct answer. And Aaron, what what happened? Uh, that would be the end of Mr. Clear's run. Congratulations to our best frenemy of the night, Jeremy Conman. Yes, nice job, Jeremy. A score of 4,400 to zero. That certainly is one of the highest scores that has happened in the entire run of frenemy trivia. And as it stands, the highest score of season two. Woohoo! Now, now I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah, th- this is this is definitely a you know Rowan screaming at things again. It's like you know you you ask the Ric Flair question. Now you ask the you know North Carolina chestnut. Given what state I grew up in. <laughs> I always forget that you grew up in North Carolina. Oh, yeah. My family moved there when I was just about to turn two, and I lived there until I left for college. So I wasted 15 and a half years of my life in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm yeah, not I, far as soon from as you, there. As soon as you asked that, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm almost positive this is Virginia. I'm like, I'm not even going to consider anything else. Like, I'm, Yeah, it's Dare County. Be, yeah. Okay, so that does make Jeremy our first Best Frenemy of the Week for Season 2. And nice before, job, Jeremy. Before we go, we do want to give everybody a chance to plug what they have. Jeremy, you will be invited back for our Tournament of Frenemies at the end All of the right. season. Yeah, uh, But we will start with you with our champion. Jeremy, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, I mean, you know, if you're looking for a trivia event in the Chicagoland area or actually anywhere in the country, I do them uh, over Zoom and or I travel if you'll reimburse those costs brain dash trivia is what i do uh other than that uh i just want to plug uh everybody having as as good and happy a life as they can possibly have so be 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 kind to people that is a message we can get behind our runner up jeff uh we want to give you a chance we will have a role for you in the tournament of frenemies if you listen to the first season we did encourage our runners up to write a question for the hot seat for their 
uh, counterpart. So we will be reaching out later in the season for you. But do you okay. have anything you'd like to plug before you go? Well, I think, um, you know, I have uh, a son in high school and a daughter in middle school. And at least around here, all the activities cost money. You want to be in knowledgeable, it's 50 bucks. You want to be in French club, it's 50 bucks. You want to play a sport, it's 150 bucks. So um, we're fortunate enough that we can pay that, but I know a lot of kids aren't. So, you know, whether you're a lover of art or music or sports, if you've got some money you can donate to your local school district, they all usually have you know, scholarship funds for those sorts of extracurriculars, you know, or even if you just know a family who has a kid who's interested, reach out to them and say, hey, do you, you know, because it stinks that money can keep some of these kids from participating in the, in the things with their friends. So. Well, we appreciate you being here. We appreciate that message. Heading over to the I've Seen a Horse team. Ian, let's start with you. What did you have? Uh, what do you have to plug tonight? I'm just going to plug what I usually plug, and it's probably going to go hand in hand with uh, what Rowan's going to say. Um, I've been volunteering at animal shelters for probably about 13 years now. So my advice to everyone is to adopt, don't shop. I just got a kitten yesterday. Excellent. <gasps> Cute. I, I, I technically didn't adopt because the kitten wandered into my friend's garage and she needed to find a home for it. And so I said, I want a kitten. And so uh, he is now my kitten. Hi, Pepper. Now, I, I, think taking, I, I think taking in a stray stray is a form of adoption. Definitely. And finally, Rowan, I know things didn't fall your way in the first half. Uh, do you have anything Before you want to say or plug before you end? <laughs> um, Ian was correct. Our plugs are going to be simpatico. I've been volunteering for Cantor Chicago for the last almost nine years now. And what I have to say is if you or your friends are looking for a horse, consider off track thoroughbreds. They've got a lot of life left after they retire from the track. A lot of things they can do everything from being family horses to being, you know, competitive, jumping, eventing, cross-country, athletic-type horses. So, yes, if you or your friends are looking for horses, find out if there's a canter chapter or another racehorse retirement organization and consider adopting an off-track thoroughbred. All right. And real quick, Aaron, thank you for stepping in for Brittany. Did you have any thoughts on the first game? Uh, it's pretty good so far. And this is really proof of the idea that in Frenemy Trivia, you never know exactly what's going to happen. I mean, you could be proof to that idea, you know, when you originally start with a team that was ahead by 500 points going into the team round and ends up having that big of a swing coming out of it. I mean, that was, what, if I'm doing the math right on that, 3,600 points given up in that set. It's amazing. This is already a great start to the second season, and I am looking forward to everything that comes down the road. Well, like I said, I appreciate you stepping in. My pleasure. Well, that'll do it for us at Frenemy Trivia. Make sure to follow us at Frenemy Trivia on Facebook, X, Instagram, and Threads, and Blue Sky. 
To find us and our sister shows, Pub Trivia Experience, Boozy Bracketology, Verboten, and our newest show, Draft Days, as well as our community pages, Patreon, and to be on our show, check out our website at ptepodcast.com slash links. That is ptepodcasts, it's plural, dot com slash links. Even if you can't support us financially, which we completely understand, you can always support us by subscribing and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast app or your least favorite app. We're there, too. For Frenemy Trivia, I've been Tim. I'm Aaron. I've been Rowan. I've been Jeremy, I think. I've been Ian. And I've been Jeff. And we'll see you next week.